Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Golf's most dysfunctional duo is back. <laughs> Alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. Uh, for the week of June 30th, as the tour descends upon Detroit Golf Club for the Ooh. Rocket Mortgage Classic. Mm. We are back after a week hiatus. The caddy and Bobby. Wait, what? Look, I was going to give you credit for you and Herrick. We had a hiatus. You had a hiatus. I've had a 10-year hiatus, if you really think about what we what we were celebrating last week. Been a good run. 10-year <laughs> wedding anniversary. <laughs> you say that like, like we're shutting it down. Well, you know, you've had a good 10 years, so. It's been a decade. Time to trade you in for a newer model. <laughs> That's what she her. said to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Trust me, I know. That's a two-way street for both of us. We're like, wait, I'm getting traded in? Wait, what? Yeah. I told her, I said on 10th, 10th anniversary morning, because I've, I've said it forever, I, I said that marriage, you should sign contracts every three years. And that <laughs> benefits. It, right, that benefits everyone because it's like, all right, three years, yeah, we're doing well. I'll sign on for another three more. <laughs> that way, you know, at the end of each contractual term, there doesn't need to be some big dramatic divorce. True. The Think problem is it. then. The problem is then. If you sign, then two years, not working that hard. You know what I mean? Because you know, everybody, you know, everybody shows out in a contract year. So that's the thing, you know what I mean? Right. And how good of your like, like think about how good the marriage would be in a contract year because here, you know, contracts right. protect television networks, they protect um athletes, True. they protect everyone. If it ain't working out, if we paid too much money for athlete acts, dude, we're done with this. Is there an injury clause? <laughs> like is that the same as an impotence clause or like what are we <laughs> Same thing, you know what I mean? Like if the blue pill's not working, <laughs> we got a negotiation. Maybe you might not be worth quite as much. Yeah, I'm gonna keep you around, but you got a lot more chores now. Yeah. You know, what and, I mean? and I'm gonna add to the next three year contract a player to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we're done working around the 10th anniversary, thanks for filling in. Uh, we had another successful tournament. Out here in Hartford mm. with the Travelers, Dustin Johnson, now 13 consecutive years of winning a tournament, yep. which yep. is unbelievable. Yes. 13, well, seasons. seasons right. Yeah, seasons. seasons. Yeah, 13 seasons. Because there was one year that I guess is kind of an asterisk. They counted as a season, but in the calendar year it wasn't. Regardless, look, man, this dude, all he does is win. Like, there's there's no way around that. When it comes down to it, this dude, from the first year he came on tour, and from everything that he's been through, is like this guy is gonna add some. He's gonna win a tournament. Like not having a slump for this amount of time is crazy to think of. Here's where I hope. I really, really hope. I hope this isn't a footnote in the history of Dustin Johnson of the air quote fall down the stairs at Augusta National because there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever he was winning that Masters. That was what, 2018? Wow. Really? really? You think he was going to 17? I don't... He was the best player on the planet and it wasn't close. I understand that, but how many times... Top form. Yeah, but that... It's the Masters, man. How many years do we do that with the guy? How many times has Rory come in there top form and mm, man. well, mm. different though. I mean, Rory's Rory, does, he's got fear, baggage. But, yeah. I understand Rory has a little bit more baggage, but look, there's plenty of times that Tiger's going in there and everyone's like, "This is over," and he hasn't won every time he's teed it up there. It doesn't work that way. No, that's, that's fair. The I one, mean, golf's not a guaranteed thing, but it's the one thing that there's no. It's almost because there's too many people. All it takes is one dude. Think about you. I would challenge anyone to tell me and show me the gambling ticket that you had on Charles Schwartzel. Just <laughs> show me that ticket. Like that's 
the so Charles many, Schwartzel, Trevor Immelman, Zach, yeah, Zach jo- yeah, you could go on and on. Mike, Mike Weir, yeah, you go on and on. Back in the day, I mean, there's plenty of times when guys, you're not going to tell me anybody was betting on Patrick Reed the year he won. And no, no, did anybody think those familiar picks because of the because of his experience there? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, but your point, Sergio. Your point yeah, your point's valid. That well, Sergio is always in contention there. But the point valid. I mean, you can't just go. Tiger's the only guy I think in golf history where it was Tiger or the field. Yeah, because yeah. even in Jack's era, you had Arnold Palmer. Right. You had some of these Gary great Player. golfers. Right. Gary Player, the John you know Miller, Tom Watson. You they had these yeah. guys there, but it, I can't. You know, it was it was legitimately Tiger or the field. Yeah, that's that's very very true. And you and, know, and, un- until Dustin Johnson dropped the hammer at the U.S. Open at Oakmont, he was going to be a question mark in majors and whatnot. Until then, the way that he won there, and it was like, ooh, okay, well it's game on now. And now and that's why when we get around majors and he starts playing well, it's uh oh, here's DJ again. I think the biggest tell coming into that week was. When AJ, DJ's brother, um, Austin, who caddies for him, told Dottie, my man's finally 100% healthy again, heads up. That was and, just last week in the Travelers? Yes. Yeah. So when you, when the, when his brother slash caddy on the course during the tournament is telling the, the play by play announcer, my, my boy is finally 100% healthy, we're good. You know, I've, and then it's like, oh boy. I've long said in the couple of years we've done this podcast, and I've long believed this, in terms of top to bottom talent, just talent, Dustin Johnson to me is is number one in the, in the world. Just just absolute otherworldly talent. His you, last thing that he needed was the short game, and he worked on that yeah. to win the U.S. Like that was the the kind of the last thing. Right. But when it's talent, this is, look. There's a difference between talent and overall ability. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want you to confuse what I'm saying with Dustin and how I feel about Brooks and Rory. Well, yeah, because that's, that's why I'm confused. I think there's a difference between talent and player. Okay. So you think just straight up on talent. Well, what's the dip? Uh, I guess then the question I should ask is what's the difference between talent and ability? Okay. So Rory McElroy. Okay. Here's here. Here you go. Brooks Kepka is not as talented, like raw ability as Dustin Johnson. Okay. But, Kepka's got the makeup to be a better player. There's always those dudes. Okay, so here's how I would here's how then I would ask if this is correct in your feeling. You can win on talent because talent would be your your B game. Yes. And so you think DJ's B game is better than Brooks and Rory's B game. Yes. So prime example. Yes. I don't agree, but I understand how you're saying it. Because I mean, the the guys just, his build, his length, Mm. all of it is just, he's, he's just, he's this golf specimen that I believe that Brooks just, just hits the hell out of the ball. Like he's just a masher. He's a cold blooded. He's a robot. That's his thing. McElroy. I'm still of belief that at the peak of their powers, he's the best player in the world. But in terms of just raw talent, it's DJ. Yeah, see, the one thing I would say would be DJ's the dude that could come off of the boat. He could have been out there spear fishing and like sunbathing, just having a good old time. He could literally walk off of his boat go to a tournament and beat everybody. That's right. Well, I don't know that the other dudes would be able to do that necessarily. No, they need some, yeah. We, we've they seen need reps to get in. Injury. Yeah. yeah. 
So that I being think, said, though, the dude that I'm looking at who's coming on is Bryson. Like that guy right there. When I'm telling you, when when Bryson gets his wedges figured out, it's when Bryson does with his wedges what DJ did with his wedges. Game over. All right, so let's stay on game Bryson over. for a minute. I, to button up Dustin Johnson, I think that it's really, 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 really good for golf that an A1 player won a tournament uh, this early in the resumption of the season. So is DJ the favorite going into Memorial and then PGA Championship right now? Right now? Great question. I'd say yeah. I if agree. Healthy, okay. If he's healthy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we know Brooks is still working things out. Right. Um, we think. And look, both DJ and, and Brooks work with Claude Harmon. Yeah. Out there at Floridian. I I I think DJ's in a great spot to be the favorite. As for Bryson. Okay. I've been on him all year. I always been we would always stick up for him because of his reputation on tour. I don't like the new look. Wait, what? I don't like the bulked up Bryson because I believe he had the skill set to not have to do that. And I think it's working he now. He had the skill set to accomplish what, though? Win consistently on tour, which is what they want to do. Tournaments or majors? Both. There was no doubt in my mind skinny Bryson, who wasn't skinny, could win a Masters how he was built before. I believe he had the 36-hole lead or the 18-hole lead a couple years ago. He had, he's had he got the skill set. To win the Masters. To win a major. To win tournaments. I think you're going down a road when you become – look, we all had those buddies who were addicted to working out, Word. getting big, and it goes to a level of – Never the, did leg day. And, <laughs> right. And it turned to a level of unhealthy obsession, and a lot of times – Adding muscle also turns into adding fat. And I just don't know that we've seen proof of anyone who's gone his route stay healthy more than two to three years. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know any golfer, period, who stays healthy for two to three years and doesn't have some kind of issues. That's the nature of the sport. But the thing where it, the thing that's different about Bryson, unlike – Rory, and even unlike Tiger, is the frame. The one thing that I've been harping on a lot, all the time, when it comes to talking about working out and bulking up, the one thing that there isn't, there's no cartilage machine. And you can't no, pull cartilage. <laughs> you know, right, and you're not going to be like, hey, you know, what? Did you, so yesterday I did lats, and tomorrow I'm going to do glutes, and then Thursday I'm going to do cartilage. You'd be like, yeah, nah. You'd be like... <laughs> Hey, what you working on today? I'm going to work my tendons out. It doesn't work that way, right? So you're not bulking those up. So what you have to have is a frame that can hold that extra weight. Real skinny dudes, when they bulk up, that's where the problem comes, is that they don't have the cartilage or the tendons to hold that extra mass. Bryson does. Even though Bryson was thinner before, he has a frame that actually can hold that weight, like Brooks. Brooks is just a naturally he's big, a he's a bulky he's a dude. big he's boy big shoulders yeah he's a big boy so when when he does all that working out he's been doing it for a long time so his body's adjusted to it like if you want to see what I'm talking about frame wise just in a family look at Brooks compared to his brother Chase his brother Chase if he tried to bulk up now and put on 40 pounds would probably get hurt in the long run like you're saying in two years like you, you can you can do that. You can put that big weight on. You can put on thirty five pounds. But what you've also done then is flip that sand in in the hourglass, and now it's ticking. Like you just lit the fuse because you only got a certain amount of time. Bryson, I don't feel that way about because the one thing I think with him is he hasn't he hasn't tried to get longer with his backswing. His backswing was pretty short to begin with, so the fact that he's not trying to elongate that. And his backswing has stayed pretty much the same. Shows me two things. One, he's doing the right stretches because he's working out at night instead of in the morning and then going to the course after that. So he gets stretched out in the morning and does his workout at night, which is a great, I think, a good idea for a frame like his. And because he's 
because he's doing that, he's going to be able to stay, this sounds ridiculous, supple longer. And I think that's going to help him. So I don't see him getting hurt. What motivated him to do it, though? Was it it boredom? Like what no. was he, he going to get out of it? I think what he saw was if if he could put himself in the position to be number one on tour in driving distance, then it shortens the distance between him and the hole. And if he can improve on his accuracy with that as well, then the only thing he's going to have to work on is shorter club. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about think about the difference between going into – a par five with a hybrid compared to going in with a six iron. Yeah. And the accuracy then you're going to have with that six iron as compared. But the problem with Bryson, what he's going through now is, is what DJ went through is when you get too long and you haven't been long like that before, everything else gets long too. Mm -hmm. And now that 70 to 90 yard wedge shot that used to be easy to dial in is now not as easy to dial in. Oh, yeah, and throw in the fact that all the clubs are the same length. So now his lob wedge not only is going a different distance when he pulls it back a certain amount, now if he chokes down and pulls it back that same amount, it's still going to go the wrong distance. Well, and, and, and may, you know maybe he's trying to go the route. As, like we, we saw the culmination of that with Dustin Johnson at Oakmont, like his ability – to hone in that short game because for Every a while five he, yards. he was just longer than right. everybody else. And, and Bryson has been playing world-class golf. He finished at 1,700 T8 at the RBC. That leaderboard was stacked with DeChambeau. Our guy Brooks Kepa apparently is feeling well. Uh, a, a very quiet 18-under, seventh place all by himself there. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton played some good golf. Sergio Garcia was in the top five. So you look at some of the leaderboards. I love Gordon. The Gordon story though is phenomenal. Webb the fact Simpson. that he, the Gordon, and uh, he took his temporary membership on the PGA Tour as well. Yep, lad. Let's. Yeah, there, there were, and that's what I think you're seeing with the restart. You're seeing some of these stories emerge from some of these guys that may not otherwise get to play uh, because of players testing positive for COVID. Or their caddies testing positive for COVID and pulling out. Or in Will Gordon. I mean, in Will Gordon's case, it was because he wasn't going to get onto the PGA Tour any other way because of how this year is playing out. And he's a corn fairy guy. So the corn fairy guys, remember, there's no corn fairy playoffs this year. Right. It's pretty much we're holding in place. And he finishes T3 at 17 under with which Mackenzie now, Hughes, which yeah, is another good story. That, yeah, exactly. But for Will Gordon, it, he had to finish in a two-way tie for third or better, and that's what happened. So that gave him enough of potential FedEx Cup points. Now he, he gets temporary membership, which he's taken. Now he has unlimited sponsors exemptions, which he can take. The top 10 got him in this week to the Rocket Mortgage. So we didn't have to use a sponsor exemption into that. I mean, it's just stories like this are are part of the cool things that are really coming out of how we're now navigating through this new COVID world that we're living in. I thought it was wild, too, with the commissioner saying, we're just going to have to learn how to live with it, which is like, whoa, didn't he's necessarily right, expect that from him. But he's right. He's the first one to say it in a way that you're like, you know what? This dude's right. Like, it's not going anywhere. You got to learn to live with it. Yeah, in a sense, I mean, it, I don't, I don't necessarily know that we can say it's not going anywhere because so many places are trying to find a vaccine. Yes, but so, I mean, like, there's a vaccine for the flu, and that comes back every year. Well, that's because there's different strains of the flu, and right. so the vaccine. Well, there's different strains of COVID and coronaviruses, and this is a new strain in it. That's yes. why. That's why it's novel. Yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I call it novel. I call it special. <laughs> Not in a good way. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it is wild kind of how things are playing out now. I think it was great that Chase Kepka did what he did, even though it turns out that he didn't ever have the virus. I think it's um, – I understand what the tour is doing as far as safety protocols and stuff. The The, the one thing that is still – a little unclear is false positives. Yes. That's the one thing 
where I th- I understand you always want to err on the side of caution, but if you got a guy who tests negative on Monday, tests positive on Wednesday morning, and then tests negative again Wednesday afternoon, red flags have to go up. Yeah, and they, go, and they wait. Which which is it? Well, they did go up, and that's why it's just better for them not to. ten days, no matter what, regardless. Right. Regardless, yeah, I just I don't think we're in a in a position right now until the science and the medication catches up to where you need to take a chance on this right now. There's going to be another tournament. There's going to be another season. Even the PGA take pride in the fact that you've been the first to come back during yes. the pandemic, and that you haven't canceled events since you restarted, even with positive tests within your tour. Is it wild too that so of the five players? That tested positive, only, well, I shouldn't say only, three of them were actually on site at the tournament already when they, so like Nick Watney tested positive on Friday Mm -hmm. because Harris English tested positive when he arrived. When he arrived, that was what, today? Yes. So Dylan Fratelli, Dylan Fratelli and Matt Wallace are the other two who tested positive while they were at the tournament. And by the way, Fratelli's coming off a top 10 a couple of weeks ago at RBC. Yeah. And so he's now shut it down. Yeah, and now Watney's 10 days are up. Look, you know, because you and I talked about this on SportsCenter uh, today, Tuesday, and we continue to see this week in and week out. There are going to be positive tests. They're not going to be able to hide from it, but – with all of these leagues trying to figure out protocol, et cetera, I applaud the PGA for not panicking and continuing business as usual. And it's going to cause them a Brooks Kepka playing at the Travelers. It's going to, you know, do these Jason Days playing by themselves type situations. There are going to be moves and withdrawals that are going to happen on the fly but at least the tournament is still going forward to give us some of these storylines we've already touched on. I give the tour a hundred percent credit of doing everything that they're doing to try and keep people as safe as it is possible to keep them. I love the fact that they're flexible enough to change the protocol and say, you know what coaches now you got to be inside the bubble. You got to get tested you know, if you're going to be on the driving range, I love the fact that they switched it up and then told players, you know what, that's it. Until that test comes back negative, you're not even allowed on property. Like I love the, f- and I think it's a really cool thing. Cause if you think about a lot of people forget our his golf's history, as far as television and tea times, I love the fact that the tours says, you know, when Jason Day goes, man, I'm not feeling 100%. I need to go get tested. And he gets tested and goes, I don't want to miss my tee time. And the tour goes, all right, cool. Well, just the tee times, you're playing by yourself. Yep. Comes back that he's negative. People forget that the way that tee times work now, that's only very recent golf history that they started doing it that way, where the leaders teed off at the same time, and they were in the last group, and everything was according to where your score was. It didn't used to be like that. It didn't used to be like that at all. It wasn't until TV really started going that they go, oh, well, wait a minute. Maybe we should put the guys who are near – because back in the day, it was guys who would be like, hey, I'm going to tee off at this time with so-and-so. All right, cool. And it was kind of patchwork. It was like a quilt. And now – the tour, there's no rule. There's no rule on the PGA tour that says these guys have to tee off at this time. You want a guy to go by himself? There's no rule about that. Do what you got to do. And I think in these extenuating circumstances, it's great that the tour is actually being flexible enough to go, we're going to do what we got to do so we can have golf being played. And, and, and I hope at the end of this, when we get back to some type of normalcy, that Jay Monahan gets the credit that he deserves because golf, you and I love it. We know a lot of people that love it. We're around the game. We play the game. We're embedded in it. But for those who aren't, and they're just focusing on baseball, NBA, NFL, and college football, 
Monahan's not a big name in the commissioner sports world outside of his golf bubble, but to be the first and successfully put on live TV now for the last month, keep applauding this guy because they continuously adapt perfectly to give us live sports drama to watch every weekend. Well, and the other thing that, that Jay doesn't get enough credit for is that he was the pillar as far as bringing all of these other entities together to make this schedule work. Mm-hmm. So he was the, he was, I guess the lighthouse, the beacon to go, okay, look. So if the Masters wants to, to have their tournament, we're still going to have the PGA and still going to have the U.S. Open. Right. It was the PGA Tour who had to take other tournaments to go, hey, listen, everybody, here's how we need to do this in order for everyone to be able to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Yeah, because people so, lost their tournament. People and, and other tournaments had to move. So, so in order for, I mean, other tournaments had to move and the PGA championship and it, the PGA championship number one to move to May, there was a lot of talk that had to happen. And Jay Monahan was crucial in that whole thing happening. And now with this, they had to move again out of the May spot. And so trying to get all of those tournaments, I mean, three majors that the PGA Tour doesn't run, all trying to coordinate dates so that PGA Tour events then had to be moved. You know, there was all kinds of sponsors. And so that's the one thing that I think is easily lost that shouldn't be. And it is Jay Monahan. You know what Jay Monahan is going to look like next year? Jay Monahan is going to look like what every president looks like at the end of eight years. Yeah, like you remember how if you look at a picture of what Obama looked like going in and what Obama looked like going out, like Clinton, you name everybody, they all man look these young exhausted. Yeah, like I'm. Let's get some. Let's get to work. And by the time they leave, they're like, I just uh, I need to go. I need to go sit for a while. Just don't, don't, don't call me. That's my running joke with Ashley. I say like with marriage, I look like a two-term president. I was such a young looking, you know, but it, it and what what is history also do to the presidents when they're out of office? They always treat them. You give time. I bet I'm, and I'm being serious here. Like when history looks at 2020, which has been by far the worst year I've ever experienced in my life. History will look back at some of these sports commissioners of what they did to bring us back live sports. And I think Monaghan's got to be up at the top. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially uh, especially with how we started. You know, with everyone else talking about being in a bubble and whatnot. The one thing about the tour, look, the tour, what the PGA Tour has had to have done in order to, to get started again, I wouldn't call it a bubble. It was more like a wiffle ball. That, but, the, but that's what they had to do in order to make sure that we were back playing. It was... It's never easy to beat a guinea pig when it comes to doing stuff with this amount of people. And so it was a little bit different than what NASCAR had to do and even what UFC and MMA had to do. So, you know, that's as much, I guess, as much grief and as a hard time as I'll give the PGA Tour and pointing out where I see their mistakes are. I want to make sure that I'm also the guy to stand up and be the champion. Yeah, you know, stop saying. I know. Not giving the tours it's a hard time. You are keeping us from getting people on the podcast because of how hard you are on them. It's not my fault, but look, I've always been of this in life. I'm going to praise you as hard as I scold you. Here's what's funny about that, too, because every player is your best friend, yet you will get after them. But that's where I will say guys like the reason that I, I'm able to do that is because guys like Billy Horschel, Harold Varner III, and even Tiger. Those guys know that that's how, like, I just tell the truth. This is what I saw, and this is how I see it. And I'm also the first person, if I was wrong, to go, hey, like like what Horschel said, if I say something, I also know I'm going to walk that drive range and look you in the eye and tell you I said it. You know? That's true. It's I mean, why me, me and Kucher had our come bring to up Jesus Kuchar. moment. Yeah, we had our come to Jesus moment whatnot and like with every i'll be the first to say like i i'm an open book 
And so if I'm wrong, you want to call me out and tell me I'm wrong and you were right, I'll be the first to go on TV and say that too. Be like, hey, I just spoke to so-and-so, I was wrong, and here's where they corrected me. Like, what? I don't mind doing that, you know, but in, until I think having that kind of relationship is important to know. Like, I'm going to say what I need to say and what I see and from everything that all the information I gather, and I'm always going to ask them to. And if I get it wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong. But if they do something that I don't think is right, I'm going to say that. But I'm not going to say it just to say it or be mean. And then when they're doing something right, I'm going to be like, yo, they got this completely right. And this is why. Let the folks know at the tour office that's how you feel. You know what it is, though? Look, let's be (laughs) honest. Everybody, Everybody loves being praised and nobody likes being criticized. You know what I mean? Like you don't like you. Nobody likes it if they if they did something and they know kind of well. I'm doing the best that I can. Like I know you're doing the best that you can, but you still messed up. Like nobody likes to have that happen. So you can get mad a little bit and be like, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> you know, everybody. That always happens when you get caught and you thought you can get get away with something, and then you're like, man. You don't ever like the person who caught you, like you no. know. But that's happened a bunch of times. Where if I say something funny about a golfer and and are having a good time, man, I'm the best friend for the next couple of days. But then if I gotta go on Sports Center and say like, "Yo, it's kind of messed up," but here's what happened, blah blah blah, this and that, then like I got a whole team of people that won't talk to me for a while. But that's How- the nature of the business. But I think. Deep down that's inside, the of you being beauty, you being quarantined right now. You don't have to watch. You don't have to walk ranges. Yeah, but see, I want to though. That's what's killing me. It kills me that I want to be out there because I think. <sighs> see, I'll get in trouble with our own bosses. <laughs> you can say I golf with your boss. You can say yeah, anyone. I'm saying though, I'm talking about us as a as a whole. Look, we are we are the worldwide leader. So because we're the worldwide leader, we need to lead. And I think part of leading is serving all sports. I mean, we got a big banner. It says serving all sports fans everywhere. And I think in order to do that, the best way to do it, the best information that we get is not just over the phone, but it's when we're sitting there looking in somebody's face or watching what they're doing. And I think that's important. And so I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight to do that now. The flip side of that, and this is where I also give all our bosses a pass too, is they're like the tour safety number one. Right, safety number one. Yeah, you can't fault them for that. Nah, and that's why I don't. I don't fault them at all. It's like I'm the one screaming and hollering, and be like, "Hey, man, I'll I'll go right now." And they're like, "Calm down, there, you crazy." Okay, I know you're ready to go, just screaming and hollering down the hallway. Or onto an airplane, but it's like we don't necessarily want you to take that risk because we'd rather, you know, I love the fact that they're looking out for me going, we'd rather have you not be sick and be good to go for three years than run out there, do one great report, and then be sick and down for a year. Well, let's yeah. have to break a couple of things on the word great report. Second of all, take it easy, man. Look, I did it for a bed sheet, man. You didn't even there's, here's another thing that like you want me out lightning. Uh, Collins needs to stop getting mileage and hotel points <laughs> and our per diem just went through the roof. Let's put him on the shelf for a while and we'll we'll get this thing back up and running when we can. That's right. the good thing and the bad thing about living on a golf course. Are you prepared to Yeah, because everyone thinks you're the tournament. You live on no a golf matter course. what. Yeah. And now that there's no signage or anything, or like you were saying, no bleachers, that is a cool thing. Seeing these guys, I still can't understand how in the hell, how is it that you are not transformed now into a fan of there not being fans on the course with everything now that we're hearing? Did you hear Greg Chalmers and Ian Poulter? Yeah. And when I say the hearing, like (laughs) the activated glutes, I don't care who you are. Farts are funny. I don't care. Like, (laughs) don't tell me you can't laugh. When Greg Chalmers hit the tee shot on the first tee and Ian Poulter sounds like something breaks loose <laughs> inside of him. For the, it was not even volume, but length of time that he made it last. And the fact that Chalmers was blamed. And I'm telling you, if there are fans on the first tee, you never hear that. 
And then the comments right. that are made. So you know what? You're right. No, no fans, so we can hear that. Well, done. that's sort of yeah, but still, like that's what that's part of the fun of this kind of stuff. And then the poor Chalmers walking off the team when he was like, "I thought those were supposed to be silent." <laughs> like, that was the best. It was like, good. Yeah, like Poulter was tech. We were texting back and forth, laughing about the fact that Chalmers was getting blamed for it. You know, even though on. Even though on on social media, Titleist even put out like, "Hey, did, did Poulter, did you step on a bark in front? Did you step on a duck or somebody else?" Was like, "Hey, the, the Cromwell barking frogs are out." Did like you, that uh, was did, was that after you texted Poulter to be on the pod, or was that like, no? I, I'm still waiting for your Brooks Kepka move. So whatever, I tell you, I'll get I'll get I'll get I'll get Poulter as soon as you get Kepka because he's not hitting me back. I don't know why. I know. I can't get him on the phone. Well, you know what it is now. Uh, here's, I will give out a little inside information on why I think, too, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's because, because the way that the protocols are changing and because, you know, in three weeks, five guys, five players and two caddies did have positive tests. I think players are very now apprehensive to talk about anything because they're afraid the whole subject is going to be COVID. Uh, and so it's like, you know, trying to let people, that's the other reason why being out at a golf tournament in front of people is important is because, you know, I know of course we're going to touch on COVID, but that's it. Just touch it. Like that's all we need because there's golf being played on the golf course. So being able to talk to golfers about golf that's happening and golf without fans and what every what they're going through is really important. And so being able to try and do that is much easier when you're standing with somebody than we got an agent. And I mean, we got a super agent, which is awesome. But you know how I feel about going through agents to try and talk to uh, the worst that are my friends. Like, yeah, this is big. Oh, my gosh. All right, so do you have a, a pad of paper? Do I have a pad you, of paper? Do you have I, something around where you can write? Am I not a reporter? I got my reporter's notepad that I had to make notes for Sports Center this morning with you. Now I got to come by up the way, with like line drops because I know that you're going to try and you're going to try and get me at the end of which, by the way, sink that we Patty do. shows up at our first hit during the noon Eastern Sports Center on Tuesday, the day that we're recording this. With the golf course behind him, you can't tell because it's just trees, but this leads green. And his second live hit, you you look like you were doing it in front of a hotel bed sheet. <laughs> it's, it's the curtains in my bedroom. And I had to go inside for the second hit because there were thunderstorms all around. So I'm getting all these lightning alerts. And my out where I use the spot to do my outside hit is close to the bird feeder, which is a metal seven-foot pole, or yeah. as I like to call it, the lightning rod. Do you know how popular we'd be if you got hit by lightning on live TV? You say we. Like I how, can't be popular if I'm dead. Okay, quit, or quit I don't want to be you popular. For a minute. <laughs> I don't want to be popular because every time I walk into a room, it smells like bacon, and it's meat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever talked to people or heard people who have been hit by lightning or wow. like like they all it messes you up forever. Like so as a guy who caddied and carried 14 lightning rods around for a couple of years, a bunch of years, that's the one thing I don't mess with is like when when lightning is in the area. Yeah, nah, no, nope, nah. All right. Well, I'm glad you made it all about you and not us on Sports Center. <laughs> I'm glad all you're thinking about is, do you know what my ratings would be the, if you blew up during our segment? That like, tends to be your MO. All right, here we go. My MO. <laughs> we didn't pick last week because I was all. Well, we, we, you did not pick last week. All right. Well, I don't care what you and Harry pick. <laughs> all right, so we got to go back a week to RBC Heritage. Okay. So I need you to add up the following scores, okay. and we will determine who picked them better at RBC Heritage. He's a whiz. All right, go All ahead. Right. JT Poston, 17 under. 
JT minus 17. Let me scroll way down the leaderboard to find your next guy. Harry Higgs, <laughs> nine under. And Matt Kuchar. Let me scroll and find Kuchar. Did he even make the cut? I don't think so. No, uh, Matt Kuchar, uh, eleven under. Not oh, bad. Okay, yeah, he did okay. Eleven under. But that week, man, Hilton Head with no wind. These guys are proving that here's the deal. With the time off, they weren't just sitting at home playing video games. Not no, they doing were, nothing. They were working. They had money games going on between one another. And so they show up to these courses and there's no wind and it's game over. Like a a course like Harbor Town that usually has 20 to 30 mile an hour winds in April and the winning score is 8 to 12 under, those dudes just tore the roof off. So I believe your combined score was, what, 37 under? Correct. All right. Here we go. Tony Finau, who for a while was in contention. Yeah, I know. I loved your JT Poston pick, by the way. That was really good. Thank you. That must have made somebody some money. What did Finau do? Okay, Finau, 12 under. All right, Finau's minus 12. Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. Again, no wind. This is where all my theories went out the window because there was no wind. And you got me. Uh, I I can tell you Xander Shoffley, my next pick, was five under because I've scrolled by him twice. Yeah. You may have got me. Did you get me? Minus five. And then miscut plus two. Uh, so you destroyed me. Minus 12, plus two, and minus five. So 17. 15 under. Yeah, minus 15. So I only beat you by minus 22. Damn. All right. And Tally it up. Yeah. <sighs> Fine, I'll write it down. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so minus 37 to minus 15. That was your team versus my team. That's that's a that's a big win for you right now. I would just advise that you might want to call a search party right now because one of your ass cheeks is missing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now you will. I will give you credit on this. Your featured group beat my featured group that week. For, did. For, for the day, yeah. And so. I believe my DraftKings was better, but you're not really into that. Nah, nah, nah. nah. If I'm on a gamble, it ain't going to have nothing to do with golf. Speaking of which, The Hangover was on again yesterday. Never get Probably. At that movie, it's very rare that a comedy can easily slide itself inside the top five of all time. And that movie just dumpster fired into the top five of all time when it came out and even the follow-ups were pretty solid you know what held me back on on the hangover the first time i saw it i wanted to see their night out instead of just the photos yeah like right when they did the cheers i'm like oh they're about to go out we're about to see like a, a montage of their debauchery before the actual hangover set in so the first time but then after i watched them, like it's one of the greatest movies ever and yeah. i had the I had that moment yesterday afternoon where I was watching the classic and I had that oh no moment this morning. So yesterday I'm I'm, I'm hanging around getting some stuff done and Ocean's Eleven comes on. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is amazing. And then I see this morning Carl Reiner died. Like when I was getting ready, I was like, this is unbelievable. Carl Reiner, I've just watched him at Ocean's Eleven yesterday as yeah. Saul. And then today he passes away, the comedic legend. Yeah. It's look, man. Twenty twenty needs a mulligan, or you know what? Like we, you were talking earlier in the podcast about history and how history books will look. I'm cool if we just erase the whole damn year. I mean, <laughs> let's just, you know, let's just say this. This twenty twenty is like, man, whatever happened? Yeah, nah, we just erased it from the consciousness. So, yeah. All right. So pick time for this week. We will okay. each give – here's how we're doing it. I think that we should amend the horse category because I believe that we're getting that a little confused. Well, yeah, because, and the other thing, how is there going to be a horse for this course and it's only been played? No, see, that's what's never been a horse for a course. It's been like among the favorite horses, like the power players. But that's going to change every week. So how should we – should we just do pick three guys combined under par? 
Yeah, that's all I'm right. cool with that too. Okay. All right, so let's do it. Let's 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 alter the Maddie to Caddy picks, and then I will continue to do a DraftKings lineup, even though Caddy wants nothing to do with it. But we'll but I did help you last week, though. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll 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 continue to let you play along. All right. <laughs> Since you won last week, the last time you and I both did picks, you get first pick this week. For my first pick of the week this week, I will take – let me have Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson is Caddy's first pick this week. I will take Victor Hovland. Good one. I'm writing that down. Victor Hovland. Uh, number two, I will take Patrick Reed. And does he talk dirty to you or something? You love taking Patrick Reed. Does he call you in the morning? Um, I don't know. What did what did Patrick finish at this tournament last year? Played well. Um, just the you know top five, whatever. Bryson DeChambeau. I knew you were gonna pick him. <laughs> Final pick for the caddy. I'm trying to think if I should take like a flyer. Like I, See, that's, I think we should take. I think we should take a. I think we should always have to take a flyer. Okay, so then let's let's do three picks and a flyer. Three picks and a flyer. Okay, ready. With my third pick, I'll take Rafa Cabrera Bello. He's been playing well. I think he's been nine yeah. under at the Travelers. He's kind of just been hanging out. Exactly. Like he's one of those that is close and needs that boom moment, and so it's like. Little steps, little steps, little steps. I would always snag him a lot in DraftKings. Yeah, he's usually got good value behind him. He does. All right, Ricky Fowler. Oh, really? Okay. See, do it for the sponsor. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, Ricky's my boy, and I love him to death. But, man, anytime, like, the sponsor thing is – Yeah, but it's different this year because of COVID. Yeah, that's true. You're not going to have to do nearly as much stuff. You're definitely not shaking hands. (laughs) <laughs> and you ain't going to no parties so actually ricky might might be a pretty solid pick all right so who's your flyer my flyer will be see i don't he doesn't count as a flyer because he's too well known and he won a who was who was it gonna be uh siwoo kim but i can't the flyer can't be a guy who won the players championship that ain't a flyer like jt posting last week that was a flyer that's a flyer yeah that was a flyer. I don't know. Would would you consider Kyle Stanley a flyer? Absolutely. Really? Yes. Okay. All right, then I'll take Kyle Stanley. If you don't consider Kyle Stanley a flyer, I'd like to know who you do. Well, I mean, Kyle did finish second and um I mean he's got he's got some tour wins. I sometimes I take I consider flyers as guys who Either haven't won or haven't won big, big events. Where like Kyle won Phoenix, you know, and was in contention at the players one time, you know. So it's like this dude is is a known entity in a sense. All right, my flyer, Sung J M. Man, that's a good, good. All right, so to recap, Caddy's roster for the week. So what I will do is here's what we're going to build a DraftKings team around our rosters. Okay. Now, that that's eight. You only get six. And then because you won last week, we'll automatically take financially. We'll do – actually, we'll do three and three. We'll do okay. Three, if I can afford it. Okay. All right, so to recap the picks, Caddy has Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed, Rafa, his sleeper, Kyle Stanley, Maddie's picks, Victor Hovland, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky Fowler, the Flyers, Sung J.M. Mm. All right, so for DraftKings, DeChambeau is 11700 Expensive. Very expensive. That's your fault. Bubba Watson, 9200 So now we've got a money problem. <laughs> and we ain't got with two dudes. Because Hovland's ten thousand. Why are you such? Why you got to be so high end, bro? Come to and TJ Maxx with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
come hang out TJ Maxx, you get really good stuff and you ain't got to pay those prices. Guys, man, I'm a Nordstrom guy. Yeah, see, nah, hit me. I got TJ Maxx. I got the same Nordstrom stuff at half the price. Uh, it's just a year tried. old. That's all. It's a year older. By the way, there, TJ Maxx, Patrick Reed's 10500 We can't afford him either. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get our... Let's go get our value at Rafa. I got one high-maintenance chick. <laughs> Where's our boy Rafa? You can always get him at Old Navy. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's on the clearance rack at <laughs> TJ Maxx, and you're like, yo, this was – these are fairways and greens. They was normally $185, and I'm getting them for $17.47. Actually, Rafa's $8,100. That's not cheap. Well, okay, hey, so, yeah, he ain't a bargain okay. neither. Well, he ain't on the clearance rack then. Someone, someone figured it out. <laughs> All right, so Kyle Stanley's going to have to get in. So and we so have, is Sungjae. No, dude, Sungjae is up at – dude, he's at 9,800. That's because this dude never takes a week off. That's why. He, he All right, so he'll take a week off. We have to fill two more spots at 6,900 each. So here are your options as we throw away money. <laughs> Sam Burns, Ryan Armour. Sung Yul No, Patton Kazire, Charles Schwartzel. Or, you know what? I say we boot DeShambo. He's too expensive. Okay. So if we boot DeShambo, then that brings Reed back in? Let's see if we get let's see if we put Patty Reed in. So now we can spend seventy five hundred on our last two players, which puts us in the category of Scott Stallings, Bramlett, Stewart, Rogers. Well, we can get Keegan at 7,300. And Stallings I like a lot. All right, so it's done. Yeah. Stallings. Now we have 7,600 to spend, which gets us McNeely or Harold Varner. Or we can still do Keegan. I would say either HV3 or Keegan, and I would probably lean towards HV3. Okay. Because he's playing with Bubba in that charity thing on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. So they're going to play nine holes, have some fun. So he'll be, like, in a good mood from talking all that smack. All right, so to wrap it up, Matty Nicati's official DraftKings entry. Rafa Cabrera-Bayo, 8,100. Patrick Reed, 10,500. Stallings, 7,500. Stanley, 7,100. Varner, 7,600. Bubba, 9,200. So we've got your okay. entire team on there. Your entire roster is on here. If we win, it's all you. If we lose, it's all you. I don't have one of my <laughs> players on here. Stand by. Again. <laughs> so you go ahead and enjoy Nordstrom, Nordstrom's. <laughs> you getting one pair of socks. And for the same price, I'm getting seven outfits. <laughs> We're taking Victor Hovland instead of Patrick Reed. What? Because he was my favorite. Like, he was my pick okay. to win. All he right. was my number All one right. pick. All right, I'll concede that. That's Each fine. of our number one picks right. are on there. All right. All right. All right. That's fair enough. Yeah, We're going to submit it. When everybody wins money, thank you for supporting us. And finally, because it was a user-generated question, we always answer user-generated questions. They wanted us quickly to discuss Phil Mickelson's fashion this last week. The sunglasses. And the joggers. I'm a huge fan of the joggers. I own some. Grace in Apparel. The joggers, amazing. Have you played golf in them? Yes, numerous times. Yeah, I like I you know, as a short guy, it's never bad to have like tight ankle things. I love them. Yeah, you know. It, and it, now that Phil's doing it, more people are gonna do it. Watch. No, I don't think so. What do you think of the sunglasses? Like, is the like nineteen eighty five Top Gun look good? I think for him it works. I don't think everyone can pull off the aviators. You know, I think, and I don't mean that in, uh, it looks good on you, though. Like, I don't mean it in that way. I mean it like he has he has the shaped face that can pull off the aviators. And I've been looking everywhere to find out what they are, like who makes them. Ray-Ban? And I can't, I no, they're not Ray-Ban. They're not Oakley. They're not Maui Jims. They're not, like, there must be some... But by the way, Oakley, Maui, Jim, and Ray-Ban, feel free to send us some of your best aviators, and we'll test them out for you. Bruh, you already know. My son, <laughs> my sunglass thing is like my hat problem. How's Ryan from Oakley doing? we got to hit him up again. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's one of I was asking. He's one of the guys. I mean, I was 
trying to find out from, you know, doing all kinds of extensive research. After the person on Twitter put that question to us, I did all was trying to do kind of research to find out what kind of glasses these are. And so Ryan from Oakley is one of the guys I hit up and was like, hey, man, I know these aren't yours because they the Oakley always has the logo on the side, no matter yeah. what. And these didn't have that. So I'm like, what's the deal? Do you have you? And even he threw some suggestions out there and I could not find these things anywhere. Are so we they sure might be, that they are fat, like they're not fashion like Tom Ford, something like that? Mm-mm. See, Caddy, Tom Ford's a designer. You're not going to find it, TJ. I yeah, I want to bet. <laughs> it's just instead of one year, it's two years. That's all. It takes two years for it to get there, but it ends up there. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, that's fine. I just i I think it's a good. I think some guys look good playing in sunglasses. And Phil's one of those guys I didn't think I would like him playing in sunglasses. I but, you know, never liked about Phil is how he wears like a really nice watch when he plays golf. That I don't get. A hey, Bubba got that watch for you know a quarter of a billion dollars. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the watch thing. You know, my one of my pet peeves in all sports, and especially the NFL, these dudes that insist on wearing their wedding ring when they play. What? What's wrong? With, I don't understand. Do you know they, nowadays you can get wedding the rings. rubber ring? The rubber, yeah. Ring. yeah. Why do you? Why do you need that on to play? Oh. Like, like what? <laughs> I see that look you give me. But didn't you just celebrate your ten year anniversary? I did, and the fact that I haven't lost my original wedding ring, even she admits is an upset. Like that's a miracle on ice type upset. So how you haven't lost it because you don't take it off very often. I take it off to golf. I always take it off to golf. I don't play golf with it. Right. But you don't do golf for a job. Right. And if I did, I wouldn't be wearing my wedding ring. Like you don't take yes, you would. I wouldn't. Yeah, man, you'd wear it on there. I wouldn't. You don't. You don't take your ring off to do sports, and you'd be like, "Listen, there's a chance of a paper cut if I'm shuffling <laughs> through." But I don't need my hands for my job, other than to talk with them. Okay, but that's the beauty of the rubber of wearing the rubber ring. Is that what you're wearing right now? Yeah. Why? And what? the cool thing about the rubber one is that because I was that way caddying, I didn't like wearing it when I was See? caddying. I don't fault you for it. I agree. Yeah, but now with the rubber ring, I can wear it. Because I don't have a, a a fear of it getting caught on something and tearing the skin off my finger. What? Yeah. See, what happened to you, cat? Going back to caddy, by the way. Caddy watch. Uh, my That's mom. My mom had to have emergency surgery. But she and she's fine now. She's good to go, man. Awesome. She's good to go. Well, I put a whole bunch of stuff up on social media and stuff too. So that went out the window. Was it was like even if I was getting a call, I would. There was no you way you weren't going to do it. I couldn't. I couldn't. Okay. But is there a chance that Caddy Watch can still be going or no? No, I don't think so. I think now because of all the protocols that are in place, I don't have to worry about it. But, you know, we also have... I would still never say never if something happens. The problem is now if a, if a Caddy tests positive, the players, he's not going to play. You know, and that we saw that with Brooks Kepka, where it's like, look, he's got Brooks has his bubble and there's no way Brooks is taking a local Caddy. That is no. there is no stinking way and i'm some you know what too i'm cool i'm cool with that i'm cool with the fact if there ain't a dude like that you really trust on standby that can just jump in and go like sure and we still have a couple of announcements to make uh via maddie and the caddy we'll get to those as we get closer you and i have talked about a couple of them oh so yeah, we keep that on down low for we'll right keep, now we'll keep that low yeah and then we'll talk about it when we can we appreciate the listen and the download. Be sure to hit us up at Maddie and Caddy, both the Instagram and the Twitter. And Caddy right now, a commanding 37 under to 15, <laughs> to 15 under. under. Yeah. That'll change this week in Detroit. And for other, Caddy. so for, oh. let people, we'll let people know one other thing. Next week, we are working on guests, but one of the other reasons that it's tough right now is because we record this on a Tuesday. And because I got a couple of my knuckleheads that are uh, have football practices on Tuesdays in the morning, when we record this is normally when golfers are out practicing. So it makes it twice as difficult because instead of being able to get a guy in the morning, 
It's like, hey, two thirty, are you going to be on a course? And everyone's like, yeah, I am going to be yes. on a course working. And if we so. need to record the interview on a Monday morning and then the podcast, we'll figure it out. But as oh. as golf continues to be up and running, as will we. Yes, that's how but, we work. For the caddy, Michael Kyle. I'm the Maddie. This has been another edition of Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.